My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. Hello, everyone, and we are live with The Art of Attraction with Dominique Drew. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited that everybody's here. I'm coming to you uh, on from the my podcast platform um, on Spotify and iHeartRadio and iTunes and all of the podcast platforms. I'm also coming to you live on uh, YouTube, uh, live video, and on Facebook Live. Um, if you guys are regulars in the show, you know that I'm often on Facebook Live, but today is my first time trying YouTube, so we will see what happens here. Now, today I have a topic and I have some things that I want to talk about, but what I really want to do is um, I'd like to have you guys call in with your questions today. Okay, so the number is 828-333-4686. And again, that's 828-333-4686. And you can call in about whatever it is that you like. Okay. Um, we can talk about, you know, confidence about what's going on in your dating life, about having trouble grounding, um, you know, self-love, self-worth, uh, your direction in life, how to find direction in life, how to, um, how to experience success and, and ways that you may be limiting yourself from success. And so all of these are covered within the, uh, the topic of this art of attraction podcast, because um, really the, the, the issues that you deal with, whether it's in your dating life or it's in your relationship or it's in your family or it's in yourself, they all come down to the same issue, right? They all come down to the same cause. And so what I really want to talk about today is really how to feel safe in your own, uh, system. Okay. Um, which if, if it's, if you're not someone who struggles with being safe, that might be, you know, might seem like, oh, you know, what do you mean? Right. What are you talking about? Well, the thing is, if you don't feel confident in your life, there's a safety issue there. If you struggle with perfectionism, there's a safety issue there. If you struggle with trusting people, there's a safety issue here. So really every issue you can possibly imagine, if you don't know which direction to go, there's a safety issue because if you take away the safety issue, it doesn't really matter which direction you go, right? You can just choose what, what brings you the most joy, right? What brings you the most uh, light and excitement. And in reality, once you learn your owner's manual, once you read your owner's manual to this human being vehicle that you're currently inhabiting, once you understand how it works, you realize that just a few small tweaks will shift just about every single thing in your life. And you've probably heard, you know, if you're familiar with the podcast, you've heard me talk about myself a little bit, my own process. Um, 
in going through the work that I now teach people, right? Because I've done this work myself for like 17 years. And it's, 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 I've been, it was just a complete and utter uh, uh, transformation for me, right? I used to be completely different. My body looked, my physical body looked completely different. I felt different inside. I felt, you know, I had voices nagging at me, voices, you know, going on in my head all the time. I had, um, you know, uh, massive self-worth issues, massive insecurities. I, I used to be really hyper paranoid about what other people thought, whether it was what they thought of me or what they thought, um, you know, what they were, how they were perceiving the, the, the situation. I would be really, um, I'd be really nervous about that. And so what I've learned through so many years doing this work is that it really can all come down to safety right? What I was saying before about if you can really um, just, if you knew how your, your system worked, if you, could, if you could read your owner's manual, which is, which is how I kind of describe my work, I read you your owner's manual of how your system works, um, how the human system works. And once you have an idea of what that is, all of a sudden you're, you know, it's like when you first start playing a video game and you're like, oh man, like all these buttons are doing these different things and, and you're, you're lost, right? You have no idea how to make the character do what you want them to do. Same thing when you're first driving a car, right? Or you're first using a new computer. But then when you get to be really good at it, you feel confident, you feel ready, you're grounded. You're like, yes, I got this shit. Go in there. We're going to go into the cave and fight all the monsters or whatever kind of game you're playing, right? So, so then there's a level of confidence that, that comes through that space. So without that, you know, without that f- fear of safety, of lack of safety, you're, you, it doesn't matter what choice you make right? You're gonna be like, I'm going to go to this college because that looks great. There's no fear. There's no fear. When you feel safe, you are fearless. And so if you've ever struggled to go up and talk to a pretty woman, for example, if you've ever, um, you know, experienced self-doubt, those are moments of fear and fear takes many forms, right? So all those things I list in the beginning, lack of self-confidence, lack of self-worth, um, trust issues, right? This all comes from a place of not feeling safe, right? If you felt totally safe, then trusting somebody wouldn't be an issue. It wouldn't matter if you trusted them or not because they have no power over you, right? When you feel safe, you're not, um, you're not giving away your power. You're not defending against anything because there's nothing against which you need to defend, right? So a feeling of safety in yourself can really underlie a whole lot of issues. So if you would like to, um, if you would like to join the conversation, um, the number is 828-333-4686. And I would love to have you call in. This is interesting. I'm just getting some feedback from Facebook Live. They didn't seem to like me. Okay, go figure. All right, well, technology is not necessarily my gift in life. So um, so today what I want to talk about is how you can create that sense of safety in yourself, okay? Because, uh, again, that sense of safety in yourself, okay, this is, this is um, irrespective of your 
surroundings of your environment. It doesn't matter what's happening around you if you feel safe inside. Hi, Tristan. Thanks for checking in. Facebook Live, appreciate you there. Um, so if you, if you can cultivate a sense of safety in yourself, a sense of connectedness to yourself, then whatever happens outside will not affect you very much at all. And not in a disconnected way, but more in a resilient way. Okay, so um, life has waves, right? We're experiencing one right now. We are literally in the middle of a global pandemic and everybody's kind of scrambling around trying to figure out how to manage the situation. That's fine. Most people are doing a really good job, okay? People are coming out of the woodworks to help each other and to, um, you know, to make masks. And, you know, in, in, in my hometown, there's a little... Um, neighborhood apps where people are, you know, offering masks to other people and bringing groceries to older people and things like that. And we're 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 finding ourselves in a, a situation that's really quite fascinating, where we're all in it together, right? There's nothing separating us right now um, because we're all focused on the same thing. We're all looking the same direction, and I, I often think how um, how we don't, we're not really aware of our own power in a way. We're, um, because we're, we're all going different directions, it tends to be rather dispersed. But if we all focused and went in one direction towards a goal, we would be able to experience just extraordinary, extraordinary things. It kind of reminds me of the scene in, um, Finding Nemo when, um, Nemo and Dory gets trapped in the, the net and they tell all the fish to swim downward. It's like, you know, uh, there's, there's a f- fish going all different directions. You can easily pull out of the water, but when everybody sort of goes the same direction, then this, this big shift sort of happens. So let's talk about safety. What is it that makes you feel more safe versus less? So if you uh, were present for my episode on the leaving pattern. The leaving pattern is for people who tend to leave their bodies. Um, They're fear-based people. I think the episode is called For Those Who Fear Life. And they tend to, um, as as a spiritual body in a a spiritual being in a human body, um, the the wounding happens so early that they're really still to birth, that they are still quite connected to the spirit world. And so they tend to like go back to the spirit world. So they tend to be quite spiritually connected because they're often reinforcing that connection. <clears throat> but, um, but as they grow up in life, they don't ever land firmly here on the ground. And so instead they end up um, being really quite flighty. They'll experience a lot of anxiety. Um, they'll, uh, they will not be very grounded. They tend to be very tall, willowy people because their energy is always going up, back up to the higher realms, and your physical body follows your energy. So if you do that, that motion going up and out of your body repeatedly as you grow up, then you will, that will shape your body. As you tend to do the work that I teach people to do now, um, which invites you to, which not only you know, goes through and clears the underlying beliefs that you're carrying that are causing your life problems, um, but also really just realigns you with yourself so that you're moving in the direction you want to go as opposed to, oh, here's this, here's this analogy again. The fish are going all different directions. So different parts of you are going different directions. And the best word that I have to describe that is self-sabotage, right? So you're like, I want more money, okay? That's my goal. That's what I want. 
that's that's that thing. And I can't seem to get there. Well, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with money, right? So the, the issue is in how you're trying to get from here to there. And the reason you're not getting what you want is because different parts of you are going in different directions and you're working against yourself. And so the net effect is really zero, right? Or it's, um, it's either... Uh, it's either zero or it's, you know, you, you've, you've put in a huge amount of time and a huge amount of effort and, you know, all this shit and, and yet you're not getting to where it is that you want to be, okay? So, <clears throat> so as you do more of this work, you're more aligned with yourself. And that's not just like, oh, how nice it would be to be aligned with myself. It's like, that's what gets you from where you are now to where you want to be. The more you're working against yourself, the more you're Sisyphus pushing a rock up the hill. And as soon as you get to the top of the hill, the boulder runs back, you know, falls back down to the bottom and you have to do it all over again. So it's, it's wasted energy and effort. And you can, again, compare this back to the owner's manual, right? You're trying to play a video game. You're trying to drive a car and you don't have the owner's manual. You don't know how it works. So you're banging your head against a wall. And so, and, and, and the place where you think the problem might be is not necessarily where the problem actually is. So on this show, we talk a lot about where the problems actually are, right? Um, if you um, don't manage money well, and you're always, you know, buying your wife, you know, things that, that you, you shouldn't, um, then eventually, you know, there's resentment builds up and you go, okay, this is an issue about, you know, giving and money, but maybe it's actually about feeling needed. And for you, it's more important to feel needed than to stay out of money trouble. Or if there's something that you want success-wise or financially and you're not reaching it, then maybe there's a fear of success, right? Maybe there's a um, a fear of getting what you want, right? So it can look like all sorts of different things, but there's an, there are maybe two or three, there's not very many, and sometimes just one underlying belief. I don't mean that quite as, you know, people talk about limiting beliefs a lot. And it's like, oh, it's something in my mindset, da, 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 da. It, it's, it's more than that though. It is more than that. It's not just, oh, I think a certain way. These beliefs are so, they're, they're like assumptions about the world. They're so deeply rooted in your system that I could point to yours right now and you may not even feel it, right? Because you've re- you, they're literally ingrained in your uh, cellular structure, okay? That's why as you do this work, the work that I now teach, your physical body will tend to change. Um, I work with both men and women and I'll have, um, you know, somebody will come to me and they've got whatever issues they come and they look a certain way. And then as they work with me, their face will start to like open and brighten because they're not being hindered. They're not being tied down to, um, to some assumption. They're not carrying that assumption anymore. And so the anxiety decreases and the, um, the, the fear decreases. The needing to control life or yourself decreases. Everything gets easier and freer. 
And a lot of that comes from a fearlessness that, inherent, that is, is inherent in part of this process. You see, when you identify an underlying issue and you... The, the, so it's, it's underlying, right? Which means you're not looking at it. You don't know what the issue is. If you knew what the issue was, you would have fixed it by now. Okay? So assume that it's unconscious. Assume that it's, it's deep in your system and, um, and that you can't, you, you, you can't adjust it, right? You can't do anything about it. And so you're holding that. And what happens when you work with me is the first thing we do is we look straight at it. And this brings up a whole, a, a, a whole other piece as well. We look straight at it because in doing so, there's an acknowledgement thereof. Now, some people put a whole lot of effort into denial. Um, that's never been my defense of choice because to me, pretending it's not there does not make it go away. It doesn't anyway, but nobody's defenses make sense. That's, that's it's, you know, <laughs> I'm phrasing that that way because to me, that particular defense makes no sense. Um, but, that, but my defenses don't make any sense either. You know, they're, they're, they have their own kind of, of logic and that's as it should be. Denial um, will tend to freeze an issue. So we'll trying to force it away um, or just sort of, you know, holding on to it, pushing it away, pretending it's not there. All of these things deny the existence of the issue. And so you're not looking at it. And when you don't look at it, you can't change it because you don't know what's there, right? You're still thinking there's, there are money issues. And really, it's safety issues, right? You don't know how it's, hap- how it's being held in your body, in your system, in your human system. So, so in the looking at it, a number of things happen. First, you, you get clarity because you understand what the actual underlying problem is. I had a guy come to me um, and he'd been getting rejected by women for about, we figured out it was about 50 years. Okay. And in one session with me, we found out what the problem was. He had had a trauma when he was six and that trauma had um, lodged in his system, an underlying belief had lodged in his system and operated for the next 50 years. And he came to me when he was 56. And so, and, and we, we identified it in, in one session. So this does not need to take a long time, okay? But as you do this, um, with the identification, all of a sudden comes all this clarity. And a lot of relief comes in your system when you, get, when you gain clarity. Because before that, there's a lot of confusion and going different directions and things like that. And uh, and again, you're less, you're less efficient, right? Back to the fish in the net. If you're swimming all different directions, your power is dispersed. If you're all swimming in one direction, there's this collective power that comes and shifts you forward. And so, hi, Tristan and Taylor. Go ahead and let me know where you guys are tuning in from. And let me know if you have questions. I'm answering your questions. Hi, guys. Good to see you. So... <clears throat> So the first thing is we look at it. And again, you, you come to me with whatever kind of confusing problem you've had. This lasted however many years. This man had his for 50. 
and we will solve it in one session. Okay. Sometimes it takes two, but as far as clarity of what the issue is, that can happen in one session and almost always does. Okay. Um, if you speak with my clients, there's always this um, real acceleration in their process. And partially that is because of this clarity that comes with, um, with working with me. Okay. So as you're, um, so, so you dive into this process, the first thing we do is we look at it directly. So in the looking comes clarity and it also comes with that also comes acknowledgement. Okay. And the acknowledgement with that comes a few things standing in your power. Okay. In order to really look at something and acknowledge that it is there, you must stand there and look at it. There's a state of being there. And, and in doing that, there is, um, there's a, a, a stepping up. There's a taking responsibility. There's a being present. There's a receiving what's there. All of these, what may seem like sort of small elements, really combine to make this essential piece of acknowledging reality. And the reason that's essential is because reality can't change without you acknowledging how it is. Okay? People come to me with a problem and they want the solution, but they don't want to look at the problem. That's not a thing. If that were a thing, we would all do it, (laughs) right? You must identify the problem so that you then know how to fix it. And the identifying the problem is what we're discussing here with the standing in your power and taking responsibility, admitting that there is a problem, right? For the last, (laughs) a handful of the last few presidents we've had in my country seem to have a real issue with that, admitting that there's a problem. You must admit there's a problem when there is one sooner you can do it, the better. Denial just puts that off, okay? Denial puts it off, but it doesn't make the problem go away. So then you're experiencing the fear of the problem, which you don't, which you can't identify, you don't know what it is. And so now there's fear that you have, that that has no reason as far as you can see. Does that make sense? So there's no, there's, now you're stuck because now you're in this amorphous, form of fear, right? This amorphous, like, I don't know what the problem, I I don't know. I'm just, I'm just feeling like, I'm just feeling blank. Nothing you can do with that. There's no cause. You're unwilling to look at it. And so there's, there's no, you've cut off the solution to the issue. Um, I had a client that I worked with who was working through, um, an issue he had in his, his system, and the way he described it was um, like a uh, like a, a, a dungeon hallway that just went in a circle, right? And he was stuck in this circle. I call it the mental hamster wheel. And you're you're literally just like focused in on this particular issue, and you you can't see outside of it. It's like the shower principle in uh, in physics or in in science, where you're working on uh, you know quantum electrodynamics theory or whatever it is you're working on. And you've almost got it or you're, you get stuck and you stay stuck. And the shower principle is when you're like, you sort of throw up your hands and you, all right, well, I'm just gonna take a break, go into the shower. And as you go into the shower, your mind clears, you're not focused on it. And it leaves room for these new ideas to come in. You must leave room to change, you must be open to change. You'll hear that phrase a lot, right? Oh, it's just open to change. Well, what that literally means is you're willing to consider that things might be some way other than the way you're currently seeing them. 
I'll just say that again. So being open to change means being willing to consider that things might be different than the way you're currently experiencing them. Okay? In other words, consider that you might be wrong. Consider that things might be a little bit different. Consider that the way you're seeing it is not the way it is. And that's okay. Denial is only something that needs to happen if you're afraid of acknowledging what's really there. But what's really there is what's really there. It is reality. It is a reality. It can also bend and change quite a bit. But it is there. And so, yes, you can create whatever change you want in you, in others, in life itself, but it is not done through an attempt to change. It is done through accepting what is, and then from there, making a different choice. Because when you accept things as they are, things tend to move. You're giving them room to move. Give you an example. Um, You've got something going on in your system. I'm not good enough. You're afraid that you're not good enough. And if you try to just tell yourself you are good enough incessantly, then you're just kind of denying what you really believe. What you really believe is, I'm not good enough. So if a client comes to me and says, I'm not good enough, I don't contradict them, ever. How rude that would be of me to contradict your experience of yourself. I don't hear the same thing they hear either, though. So when they say, I'm not good enough, as if it's reality, they believe what, what they're hearing is, this is fact, I'm not, that's actual. What I'm hearing is, this person does not think that they're good enough. Make sense? So it's, it's, how you, uh, it's, how you seem, it's how you see things, right? Don't forget, you guys, um, you can call in and send me your questions and, or send them on Facebook Live as I'm live if you'd like. Um, the number is 828-333-4686. Just putting this out on Facebook Live as well. Ask your questions. Great. So, <clears throat> so where were we? So acknowledgement is a big piece. And I think denial is coming up uh, a whole bunch now because <clears throat> a lot of people are still denying the pandemic's even happening. Right, I see sort of stories on Facebook and things like that where, <clears throat> where, um, you know, people are are you know mocking other people for being really careful or wearing masks or things like that, and like they just don't quite understand the seriousness of what it is that's happening. Right. So denial is a defense like any other. Its intention is to keep you safe, just like any defense is. They are protective mechanisms. So if something scary is happening, let's say a lot of people are getting sick around you, 
um, and people are starting to wear masks and it's making you a little scared. You might respond with, this isn't really happening. You guys are crazy. Um, It's a, I don't know, it's a trick of the liberal front, whatever story you're telling yourself about, you know, that will help you to deny reality. So the intention is to keep you safe. That's scary. I don't want to acknowledge it because that makes it real. This is the distorted belief. So I'm not going to acknowledge it. It's not happening. Okay. That's the, the quote logic, distorted logic, but logic of the denial tendency. Now, the intention is to protect yourself, but as so many defenses, uh, as is the case with so many defenses, it doesn't really protect you. Okay. Defenses, you know, let's say that you, um, you're afraid of, of getting hurt. You're afraid of dating a woman or a man because you might get hurt. And so you, um, and so you have trust issues. So you don't let anybody close to you. And you're like, this is going to keep me safe. And it keeps you safe in the sense of not getting your heart broken, but it does not keep you uh, safe in the sense of avoiding pain because now you're all alone and you're unhappy. It doesn't actually work, right? I'm not going to let anybody in enough to, to hurt me does not actually work. You will be hurt regardless. Um, in fact, what will tend to happen is you will tend to attract faster what it is that you um, seek, what it is that you want. Excuse me, what it is that you're trying to avoid, right? So you'll, there's, a, there's an underlying issue. You defend yourself to protect yourself from that. And what it'll end up doing is attracting you because you're carrying that underneath the surface. That's how this, this shit works. That's how I'm able to solve a problem that lasted 50 years in a couple of sessions because um, it's all formed on um, faulty logic, right? My mom left when I was two, or, or here, we'll go with the school example. These kids have been coming up in my, in my group lately. Um, you know, the kids, kids made fun of me when I didn't know an answer to a question in school. And they told me I was stupid. And ever since then, I've, you know, I just, I just hid, I hid away, right? So you're hiding away because you took on the belief that you are stupid or are unworthy from that experience that's a misconception on your part because you're not stupid or unworthy. And those kids were not right. They were just being assholes. But because you were very vulnerable at the time and you um, really took that in, took in what they said that really, really hurt, you carried it with you. And you're like, okay, I'm not going to let anybody see me ever again because that hurt too much. But then 20, 40, 60 years later, you're not the same creature you were when you were eight and people made fun of you at school, right? You're not the same, you're not gonna be hurt the same way. So if someone calls you stupid now, it's it's gonna hurt most likely. It's like, oh man, okay, I'm not talking about that. But it's not gonna ruin your world. So literally you spend the rest of your life defending yourself against something which by definition, because you're an adult now and no longer a child, so it won't hit you the same way, by definition cannot ever happen again. Can you understand the magnitude of that? You spend your entire life 
trying to keep yourself safe from something that you are not in danger from in the slightest. How about that? And you're using it to adjust your careers, your career choices, your relationship decisions, how you feel inside yourself, what you think about yourself. So Chanel here on Facebook Live says, my problem is having a spouse who picks and chooses when he loves me. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. See, for me, I don't think I'd be able to tolerate that because there's an inconsistency there that coincides with my childhood wounding and I wouldn't be able to hold that space. Right? I need to know where you stand. That's something that I I need in a relationship. Um, If that's something you can tolerate, and it sounds like um, it is because you you married that person, then that's something something that that you need need to address directly if there's any way that you can, right? Um, Or you can love him all the way through it, and, and if you're independent enough, then it may not bother you. But acknowledging what the, the real issue is, right? And it may not be what, what it looks like it is. That's the trick. That is the first step to actually making a difference in it. And so the ostrich head in the sand thing, you know, for, for the moment, it's like, oh, I'm just going to pretend this isn't happening. It may work for a little bit, but at some point, you know, the world's still going on around you, your head's in the sand. So, so let's look at it this way with the denial piece. Something bad's coming. I'm picturing an ostrich and like an army running, to, running towards the ostrich or something. So the ostrich puts its head in the sand. Okay? This isn't happening. This is the, the denial character. This isn't happening. I'm just going to pretend it's not there. And you're doing that because you're afraid of getting hurt or blindsided or caught off guard. Right? And so you hide to avoid that. Well, you're with your head in the sand and the army's still coming you're absolutely 100% going to get blindsided. So you see how in the, in the defensive reaction, I'm going to defend myself by pretending it's not happening. In the attempt to keep yourself safe, you actually make yourself less safe. Right? You incur the reactions that you're trying to avoid. This is how the human system works. <clears throat> this is a page of your owner's manual. Okay. When you, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't uh, trust anyone. Okay. I don't trust anyone to help me or to, to fulfill my needs. So you don't let anybody in, anybody close. Great. So you're keeping people at arm's length. <clears throat> you're handling as much as your, of your needs as you can because you don't trust other people to help you. Then you, um, when things get to be too much, you absolutely need help. You finally reach out reluctantly because you're, you don't want to trust. You finally reach out. And by that point, your needs have built up so much. It's such a big deal that people can't hold you. People can't fulfill your needs. And then bam, from your perspective, you did everything you, you could to avoid needing someone. Finally, you needed someone. You went out and boom, they let you down. They couldn't help you. I mean, huge, right? Huge. So. You create then that which you seek to avoid and protect yourself from. 
Okay. This happens in every person. And, and that's just one fish going in one direction, right? You've got all these other fish that are going in all these other directions and you can't figure out why you're not getting to where you want to be, right? This is all why, okay? So, so let me just center in and see what else needs to be said here. So if you'll notice, all of the things that we've spoken of today, denial, um, de- you know, defenses, uh, lack of trust, things like that, these all stem from a feeling like you need to protect yourself. It's all coming from... an underlying fear that you're not safe. If I let someone in, um, they'll hurt me. I won't be safe. If I let people see me and open up to, then I'll get humiliated like I did with school kids. And and it it will crush me. If I trust and ask somebody else to help me, they won't be able to um, they won't be able to help me. I'll be let, you know, I'll be let down and I'll, I'll be hurt. Um, Martin just contributes and on Facebook live, he said, I was just thinking that that was the thought that had blocked me from life. I will never be vulnerable again. That will absolutely block you from life. A refusal to be vulnerable I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank you for saying that. Um, A refusal to be vulnerable is arguing with reality. It is, in a sense, denying reality on some level. And the reason that it's denying reality on some level is because at some point you're going to be. If you want to live in the world, vulnerability comes with that. So at some point, Martin, there's some experience that happened when you were a kid that was so bad, hurt so badly, something that happened when you were being vulnerable, that when you said um, that, 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 that young you, childhood Martin, said, I will never be vulnerable again. And then that has led to, I'm guessing, a whole slew of other issues in your life. because. It's out of reality. You, you have to make that happen. You have to decide, I'm never going to do this. But what's important to realize as we're, going, as we're going through this work, first of all, we need to go back, find that experience where you first had that realization and, and, and really go back to that moment. That's the acknowledgement piece, the, okay, this is what happened piece. And that's really essential because... Um, First of all, we know what we're dealing with. We know what the issue actually is. So we're not, you know, fighting on a, on a front that isn't relevant, right? We're, we're, we're just going to the places that make the most impact. And secondly, when you go into that moment, that is the moment where 
that decision was made. And so a piece of you got stuck. That piece decided, I will never be vulnerable again. And it got stuck because it refused to feel and process through the pain you felt in that moment. It was unable, we can just say, because you're, you're a child, there's only so much you can do. So when shitty things happen to us as children, and that could just be mo- being mocked on a playing on the schoolyard. As I said, I've, I've had a bunch of clients lately that are all um, struggling with issues from, uh, from school, from kids' school. And so... If, and Martin, you can write, you can write here on the Facebook Live and respond if you'd like. If that is your statement, I will never be vulnerable again. Does it feel like that is a statement that feels incredibly true to you? If that is a statement that feels incredibly true to you and you know that that's your, that's your underlying belief, then what's the next step? right? Now what? Okay, I know what the problem is. I know what I decided. Now what? Well, the now what would be allowing yourself to challenge that just little bits at a time as much as you can, okay? I will never be vulnerable again. Okay. So next time you feel that sort of no to life, because as you said, you said, I I was just thinking that was the thought that had blocked me from life, and it absolutely will block you from life because you can't receive and be open without being vulnerable, right? You can't experience life without experiencing those things. So I will never be vulnerable again. So the next time you feel kind of vulnerable, we're in a global pandemic. I feel a little bit vulnerable. You know, I was having to make decisions about, you know, where to go and, and um, with relationship to, to my mother, because she's 70. And um, I, was, I was feeling uh, some, some pressure, some stress around those decisions. And I looked at the boss, like, why am I having a hard time deciding? And it's because my decisions had life or death uh, implications. That's why I had a hard time because the wrong choice on my part could take my mother's life given this pandemic because it affects, it affects um, older people more. So those were big decisions, right? So I had a little self-forgiveness come in and be like, okay, there's a reason. There's a reason why this feels like a big deal. Take your time, right? So so there's this, this is a situation with a lot of vulnerability. So, or if you have a woman that you're interested in, right? When you're you're dating or you're online, I guess everybody's dating online right now, or should be. Um, then you can, uh, you know, you you reach out to one, and in those early days, it can be sometimes she doesn't write back. That can feel vulnerable. So in those moments when you feel that coming in, just be with it. Just let yourself feel it. Okay. Don't push it away. The, 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 the temptation will be to push it away. Nope. I'm not going to be vulnerable. Not that interested or she's not going to want me anyway, or whatever it is that you're deciding about the world. Check the, the words that you're telling yourself in that time. If your mind's telling you something like she's not going to want me anyway, you're just making that up. That's a, I will reject you before you reject me so that I don't get rejected. Here's another example of how our defenses end up creating what it is that we don't want. I'm afraid of getting rejected. I'm so afraid of reject, 
of getting rejected that I'm going to reject you before I'm what I'm sure is going to happen, which is you rejecting me. And can you see how that guarantees the rejection? Because now you've are, you, now you're doing the rejecting, so it's it's guaranteed. Instead of letting yourself be vulnerable, being like, "Boy, I sure hope she doesn't reject me," and giving it a chance. And in that space, there might be a way she doesn't reject you. But if you reject her first, then there's no chance for success. So our defenses come up with the intention of keeping us safe, and instead make us far less so. Okay, so let yourself sit in the vulnerability. The automatic will come up. Oh, I want to reject her. This isn't going to work for some reason. And rejection may not be you telling her anything. It might just be you deciding in your mind. But don't forget how powerful your mind is. So if you're sitting there, you know, waiting for her to text back and being like, oh, she doesn't want me anyway. That is your system being unwilling to feel vulnerable. Is that making sense, you guys? This is about being willing to sit in life, acknowledging it, not an ostrich with your head in the sand, and being open to it. Let life happen to you. Some of it's going to be rough. A lot of it's going to be awesome. That's life. So how do we find our own safety within that? Step one, be here in your body, okay? Like the way we talked about the leaving pattern in the beginning, the leaving pattern wants to to run away. It doesn't feel life is safe, and so you get scared and go up. When we get afraid, we will tend to go upward energetically Um, because human life is messy and sticky and scary. Um, And so we'll tend, we want to try to get away from it. Uh, anxiety, it tends to be people who um, tends to follow people who live quite a bit in the future. I used to do that a lot. I was very worried and uh, I was just kind of worried about everything. Um, And I was projecting out into the future um, I was projecting things out into the future of what I thought was going to happen. I was trying to anticipate what was going to happen so it wouldn't hurt me. And as a result, I wasn't present in my body and when the thing did come, I got blindsided because I wasn't here. I was somewhere else. And being blindsided was what I was afraid of in the first place. So there it is again. The pattern of defensive. So So Safety is first created, and it's counterintuitive, again, because when you go, when you're afraid, you want to kind of jump up out of your body away from what you, what you think is afraid of. It's like a human version of a flight uh, response, right, in a prey animal. And so the flight, we want to go up, but actually when we're up, we're disconnected from our bodies from the ground, and it feels scarier. We're less stable. We're more top-heavy. Um, the, the response actually, and it's counterintuitive in the moment, is to come down into your body and ground. So how do you do that? Um, sit still, close your eyes, put your feet on the ground, and 
feel whatever you're sitting on supporting you. Feel it pushing up against you and let yourself sink down into it. Okay, you can also bring your awareness to your breath and try not to change it or alter it at all, but instead just let yourself watch it and just keep doing this. And as you hold your awareness on your breath, just letting yourself be curious, not doing anything, just noticing, receiving, just being. And you'll notice in just a few minutes that you will come down and you'll be more embodied. What you may feel is um, you'll become more aware of your physical body, like what it feels like to be in your legs. Right? What does that feel like to be in my legs? Okay, what's, what, what are your feet experiencing right now? And when I ask that, your mind went to your feet. And when your mind goes somewhere, your, your focus goes somewhere, your energy goes there as well. So it's all this is bringing your energy down. You'll notice your thoughts start to slow and eventually they'll stop because you're not feeding them anymore. They only run like that because you feed them, you engage them. But when you bring your focus down to the body, a lot of your thoughts fall away because a lot of your thoughts don't exist in the here and now unless you're in the here and now feeding them. And if you're sitting here worried about what's going to happen next, then yes, there is fear and anxiety. But since you don't know what's going to happen next anyway, you're probably as prepared as you're going to be regardless. Just let yourself drop into your body and enjoy the quiet of the moment. After a while of working on myself, this has now become my default. So when I'm sitting in a waiting room or something, uh, you know, I'm not off in my head somewhere. I'm just sitting in the waiting room with my mind empty. Sometimes some thoughts flow through, but a, a tiny fraction of what, what it used to be. Okay, so in that practice, you become present in your body and a lot of what's made, what you're afraid of falls away because a lot of what you're afraid of doesn't really exist, okay? Um, now the scary things don't happen. If somebody's coming towards you at a night with a knife, good time for a fear response. If you're meeting your you know, wife's family, what's the fear response about? Rejection. Um, they're not going to see me. They're not going to like me. They're, you know, none of those things are, are going to hurt you unless you're attached to their perception of you. Okay. You're not actually going to be physically harmed by this, um, by this. And so all this fear exists like, oh, well, that's going to mean that I'm going to have da, 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 da. And it's like, none of that needs to be real. You can also just exist here in the moment. And then chances are, People are going to like you, okay? Because you're easy to be with and you're not up in your head worried. And so, you know, that people could feel that when you're just calmly in your body, people tend to be quite open around you, tend to trust you more easily, tend to be drawn to you. You're more attractive. You're more um, open and inviting. It's open and inviting to be with you. So... So that's the first step to feeling safe in your, own, in your own system is to just ground into your body, okay? Bring your awareness to your breath. Ask yourself some questions about it. How far down my body is my breath going if I don't change it? Hmm. 
That's interesting. I wonder if it's even from the left to the right or if it flows in evenly you know, more on one side than the other. That's interesting. I wonder if it's the same front to back. That's interesting. I wonder what's happening in my belly. And you're just asking yourself these questions to, to bring your awareness to that place. And as you do, and take a few minutes, it takes a few minutes. You must stick with it for a few minutes. Don't check in for 10 seconds and then be like, that didn't work. Okay? You must slow down. It takes a minute to slow your system down and drop into your body. Best place you can go is straight to your hips. What is happening in your hips? What is happening in your lower belly? These are the deep, rich areas of yourself. And just by asking yourself that, you'll get curious. You'll go, oh, what is happening in my hips right now? Feeling some pressure kind of in the back towards my sacrum, and I'm feeling some movement maybe on the left side and a lot of space on the right, but the left side feels kind of tense. Doesn't matter. The answer doesn't matter. The point is the question. Okay, because through asking the question, you change your state. And when you're grounded, okay, I also have a really good grounding exercise that um, is probably on my Facebook. I give it out to my clients, um, but I'll be happy to share that with you. If you reach out to me um, uh, about the grounding exercise, you send me a, a message on Facebook or go to my website. It's probably better, dominiedrew.com. Um, I will send you a video of me walking you through this grounding exercise. It may also be on Insight Timers. Um, uh, Insight Timer is a meditation app that is um, uh, that I've been uh, cr- creating some guided meditations for. Um, and you can go on there, and uh, I think the grounding exercise is on there as well. And you can just get it for free. So check in there. If not, send me a message at dominiedrew.com, and I will, uh, I'll be happy to send that to you. I also have this breathing exercise of how, like how to look at your breath and um, what to notice and things like that um, there as well. So that's coming back, back into your body to feel, to feel safe. The a second thing that will help you to feel um, much safer is to, so, so there's, there's grounding and being present in, in your body. One of the things that will happen when you do that is all this other noise, anxiety and thoughts and perceptions and and projections and all sorts of shit will quiet and calm. And when that happens, you realize there's much less to be afraid of. Okay. And so that will also happen as you ground the the, the noise quiets and calms. Oh, great. Just got confirmation. So that is on Insight Timer. Thank you for that Uh, on Facebook Live there. So. The second piece is to connect to yourself, okay? So many things, lack of self-confidence, lack of self-worth, self-doubt, uncertainty, lack of trust, lack of assertiveness. These things all come through self-doubt, okay? And self-doubt comes from being disconnected from yourself. So how do I mean being connected to yourself? So right now, wherever you are, unless you're driving, (laughs) let your eyes close. And there's a point that I tend to go to. It tends to be just below my belly button in the center of my body. You could also do um, just a few inches above your belly button in the center of your body. Either, either point will work. 
and just sort of feel yourself there and keep your focus on it until you can really feel that area. This is where you disconnect from yourself or reconnect with yourself. So whatever you were, you know, if you were just listening and your mind was off somewhere, you may have disconnected from yourself. We, we do this all the time. I used to do this incessantly. All of my issues, or a lot of my issues sprung from this place. But if you just sort of connect, let yourself relax and connect to that point, you'll feel kind of like a, like a, like a clicking in. And as soon as I feel that, I become aware, like the awareness of my body sort of floods out from that place and I can feel myself. This is a place to come back to anytime you feel frustration, uncertainty, isolation, loneliness, um, lack of clarity, worry, anxiety, um, lack of self-confidence, lack of direction. All of this comes anytime you're not feeling safe. It's because you're, you're disconnected from yourself, okay? Because when you connect in, you're, that automatically also brings you back to the reality of the moment and nothing is, is scary right now, unless you're, again, directly under threat in this moment. But 99% of us are afraid of something like rejection that won't actually hurt us. In fact, if you didn't take it that seriously, you could get rejected and not even really notice. You're like, oh, not, not so much, okay. I did that one time. I asked, uh, <laughs> I asked uh, a man, I met a man at a convention. Uh, I was very attracted to him. And he's some, you know, sexy British dude. And we were sort of flirting back and forth. I didn't really know if he actually wanted to hook up, but I did. And so I just went up to him and asked him if he wanted to have sex with me. Um, and again, this was after about a, d- d- a day of flirting. And he looked rather taken aback. Probably shouldn't have done that to a Brit. Um, but, but I just asked him, I was just like, Hey, look, I don't know if you're interested or not. And if, if not, no is a perfectly acceptable answer, but you know, if, if you'd like to have sex, I'm, I would be very interested in that with you. Um, and he turned me down. He, he gave me some excuse, something he didn't want to say. So I was like, okay, no problem. Thanks so much for clarifying. And you know, I'll see you around. And off I went. And and it didn't need to be, it didn't need to reflect on my feelings of myself, right? It, doesn't, it didn't need to be like, this is who I am now. Um, you know, it doesn't, in the, in, the, in the four agreements book, one of the agreements is not taking things personally. And when you let go of that personal attachment to life, everything starts to become easier and lighter, Right. So if a girl rejects you, maybe that's not a reflection on, you know, what's wrong with you. Instead, maybe she's just not that interested or maybe you're not her type or maybe she's super into you, but she's afraid of getting rejected. And so she's rejecting you first. She's doing the same thing you were just doing earlier. It's like there's all of these reasons. And when we attach things ourselves to them, we're pulled off our center. Now my happiness depends on whether or not this British man's going to have sex with me. It's like, no, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to love me anyway. And that's why all of this work tends to come back down to self-love because that's, that's where it starts, right? If you have self-love, regardless of what happens in life, you're very resilient, right? You're safe. 
this is what it comes down to is the self-love piece. If you decide that you're, and I'm I'm not talking about self-aggrandizement, I'm awesome, she sucked anyway. That's bullshit. You're bullshitting yourself. That's not quite the same thing. If you are genuinely grounded and connected to yourself in self-love, then you are always safe. You always feel safe, right? So you're not nervous about going into an office at a new job. You're not nervous about meeting your partner's parents. You're not worried about what somebody's going to say or whether or not people like you. I, I mean, I still want people to like me. That would be great. But my happiness is not dependent on it. My happiness is connected to myself. I am solely responsible for it. I am solely the person in control of it also. Right? So the safety comes from within. It cannot come from the outside world. When you disconnect from yourself, when you disconnect from your ground, from the earth, then you go into projection in the future and the fear and the what ifs. You're, you're spinning out of control. Let all of that go. Just, and the, the way to do that is just by coming back into your body. Breathe, feel your body, and watch the other stuff drop away. Take 10 minutes. Okay? It may not happen in one. Is all that making sense? So the, one of the great um, fallacies of humanity right now is in thinking that the outside world is what is, what is responsible for our happiness or not, right? Instead of shifting that responsibility and gift, right? So it's actually like the best, best news ever because that means you're in control of your own happiness. So yes, you need to step into your power and take some responsibility for your damn life. But if that's all it costs to to live a happy, free, effortless life, that's pretty fucking, that's pretty low to me. Whereas before it was dependent on the outside and you had to make all of these pieces fit in order to be happy. And then sure enough, life changes. So you're screwed again in no time. So know that the, the power of your own safety is within you. Okay. First step, acknowledgement. Second step, grounding. Third step, grounding in the present moment. Just be here now. Let go of everything else. Third step, um, connect to yourself. Okay. When you are connected to yourself, you are far more resilient. Okay. You're a huge oak tree and the wind's blowing through instead of being a tiny sapling and it's it's flattened by a breeze, okay? So everything will shift when you begin to practice these things. And you know, the, the, main, um, the main thing that helped me to accelerate my, my personal process was incredibly accelerated. I got through shit so fast, and that's because I was working with someone. I went to schools. I had healers. Um, I, I didn't mess around because it could have taken me 20 years longer. Instead, in a period of about 10, I had a basically an entirely new personality. Um, my issues had just, just dissolved one after another. And it took hard work, but it worked. So that's what I do. This is what I teach people how to do. Um, I have an eight-week course. I do, at least for the moment, I do uh, one-on-one individual sessions. If you are serious about this, if you're serious about um, you know, uh, clearing your anxiety, all right, letting go of the issues that you're carrying, um, 
fixing up your body to be the way you want it to be, fixing up your business, your finances, your love life, your inner world, your happiness. If you're interested in, in, in and serious about addressing and leveling up those areas, then please don't hesitate to reach out. We can get on a free phone call and, uh, and discuss how I can help and it's no cost to you and um, it can really do nothing but help. So feel free to check me out, dominiedrew.com. You can uh, find me on Facebook, uh, Dominic Drew Coaching, Consulting, and Speaking. I'm also a speaker. Um, I'm Because of the pandemic, a lot of things have canceled. So if you have uh, events or um, teleseminars or speaking gigs or anything like that that are looking for speakers, um, I'm always happy to add to my roster in that area. I've had a lot of experience and I give really powerful talks. I'm looking forward to doing workshops again when this is when this is finished. So um, don't hesitate to reach out, dominatedrew.com. Uh, subscribe and download the podcast if you like it. Enter your comments. Um, I'd love to hear from you. And I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for joining me, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Domini Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.